0: Okay, this is going to be kind of a different podcast, guys. It's uh, we have a YouTube series going on right now, a DIY YouTube series. It's about a six-part video series, isn't
1: it? Yeah, about awesome. six. Yeah, yeah, six videos.
0: And um, anyway, we cover all sorts of gamuts from just getting your tags clear up until putting your meat in the freezer. Pretty much the the one to a hundred, how to go out and shoot an elk.
1: Yes, yeah, so it's basically elk hunting. You know elementary school
0: elementary elk hunting
1: yes um but everything from you know video one if you're listening to this you're you probably listened to video one already this is video two and then we'll be having three four five and six coming on the way
0: and and you can find all those on our youtube series just go to born and raised outdoors on our youtube channel and um all those will be all those will be right there ready for you and you can find this podcast on there so i just listened to it later on and i thought you know that would be some useful information for a lot of people hopefully um that just you know driving to work in your car it's uh we're gonna cover everything gear related and i'm not saying everything uh from start to finish but i was just we covered the things that were really pertinent to us that uh, a lot of things that we just don't like to do without at all on the um on the idea of gear so anyway hope you guys like this podcast and uh please leave a comment below if you do that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, we're going to keep bringing these just Yeah.
1: And just real quick, like what they can find on like each of the videos is like one's talking about units specifically. And if you go to the YouTube channel, you can actually see us dive in through go Hunt and break down the things that were the tabs we're clicking on to select a unit as well as Onyx, the sponsor of this Absolutely. podcast and us breaking down how we find areas within those units via Onyx. So there's a lot of valuable information there. Um, that you guys should definitely check out on the YouTube channel.
0: Thank you guys, and I hope you enjoy.
2: Welcome to the Born and Raised Audio Experience, presented by Onyx.
0: Oh man, (laughs) so guys, we are covering boots on the ground. We've got all four of us together, which doesn't happen very often, I'm mean, gonna be honest with you. This is kind of a special evening. Boots on the ground, we're gonna go through each one of us. And I, I thought that's was this was the best way to do it. Cody and I talked about it, and we're like, you know what, let's just take each one of us separately and say what boots on the ground means to each one of us. And so, that's what we're gonna do, starting. Are we
2: just gonna stand in like a round circle and uh, just no,
0: no, no, it'll be individually. You really? could go,
2: yeah, you could go by. You could we're go gonna by go behind, the, behind tree, the tree
0: and talk about it, Trevor tree well, you can a go really
1: awkward video so Maybe. the biggest thing with boots on the ground is just <laughs> basically breaking it down once we show up what we're looking for what we what makes us change things with the whole adjustments why we're there hunting in that whole process so absolutely um i hope you guys are enjoying this series if you are comment below please um just a this is awesome hey next time talk about this anything that we've missed that you feel like would be a good uh question or topic hit the comment section below for us i mean Mean a lot. Before we get into Steve's and Trevor's just weird, weird topics
0: that they're going to probably talk about, let's do uh, freebies. Free bees. Cody,
1: take it land away. Land of the freebies. So Land of the freebies. Until July 15th, we're doing a special on our website of our way of giving back. You get a free hat, a couple koozies, decal, signed photo. Um, it's just our way of giving back. So land of the freebies. Spend 59 bucks through July 15th and uh, we'll send you a free gift. Mean the world to us.
0: Thank you guys so much. And with that, we're gonna take it away with Trevor under some tree, talking about his bowel movements.
2: All right, guys. So my take on boots on the ground is going to be, number one, think about who you're gonna go with. You could be stuck with these guys out in the back country for 10 days straight. It looks sexy on camera. Trust me, it's not always that way. Think about who you're going to go with. Make sure that you're in shape, make sure they're in shape. (laughs) Make sure that their wife wants them to be there so you don't get called halfway through and have to go home. When I'm I'm thinking about boots on the ground, um, first thing after the e-scouting and all that's gone into this, we've never set foot on that place before and usually we're getting there in the dark. We roll up to a spot that we've literally have X'd out on our OnX map. We usually sh- shut the rig off. We have no idea what, what it looks like in real time. We go to sleep, curl up underneath the truck, sleep in the truck, whatever. Sometimes we're packing up right then and hitting a trailhead, a specific trailhead. Oftentimes we're getting a little bit of shut eye, waking up in the morning and seeing it for the first time in the daylight. A number of times it's been pulling up to a trailhead, I remember the first time we ever did this, we pulled up to a trailhead and there were literally so many trucks with horse trailers. It was very daunting. And we were thinking like, oh no, did we, (laughs) Did we we must've picked the wrong spot. Kind of scratching our head like, well, we've come this far and put our packs on our backs and go in. Guess what? We found elk and we were able to be successful. So just because you pull up to a spot doesn't mean if there's 20, 30, Rigs in in the parking facility. It doesn't mean that you're in a bad spot Most likely it most likely it means you're in a pretty good spot, right? If there's that many guys there you got to tell yourself there must be a lot of elk here So hit it hard stay positive is a is a key. Just be willing to hike harder hunt harder than hopefully the next 29 guys out there (laughs) so a lot of times we've gone into a spot and oftentimes hiked miles and the way we do it is, for lack of a better term, stick-and-move, maybe. Um, we hike in, we literally hike in with a bugle in our hands, a reed in our mouth, and we're sounding off constantly. We're probably some of the most annoying people on the mountain. <laughs> if if you're out there and you're hearing us come through, it's gonna sound pretty noisy, maybe a little reckless, but we're looking for the biter, as you guys know. So. We'll hike in. We'll have a spot or several spots in mind that we want to be from from the truck. And as we move from the truck to our our spike camp or wherever we're gonna go, we're calling. We're constantly calling. Uh, we're listening for sign for bugles. We are looking for sign for tracks and you know elk sign of any kind, poop, whatever. If we are not seeing or hearing anything and we have gone in miles and miles. We do not invest all of our time, our whole 10 day trip, this epic thing that we've planned for one or two years even. We don't say, well, if we just work really hard, maybe we'll scrounge something up. We will fold the cards in a matter of one to two days and pick the other spot. We had talked about in uh, our e-scouting video that we like to pick, you know, maybe five or ten locations within our e-scouting. Well, if number one location looks sexy on on, on the big screen, but then when you get your boots on the ground and it, it is ghost town, you know, there's things that change. Sometimes weather patterns aren't right. Sometimes it's super dry and not good. Sometimes it's super wet or snow, and it'll shut the elk down. A lot of times, it's really windy. In the midday, and you could bugle your face off, and you're not going to hear him just because it's blowing 25 miles an hour. There's a lot of variables, but don't get too caught up in a spot. Don't marry a spot. Try to be that eligible bachelor that is okay with uh, hitting a spot up and then being like, thanks, honey. I'm out. And uh, sorry, honey, I never did that. Um, But that's what we do. And it works. And finally, uh, a big one for us is stay positive. Not every day that you're in the oak woods, in a spot that you've never been before in your life. Not every day it's going to be amazing. You may have some. You may get winded a few times. Uh, we found we call it the the Colorado winds. It is so unpredictable at times. We will get busted and busted and busted by the wind changing that can be discouraging. You need to go into it with a super positive mind and just look at the big scheme of things and look at the big picture and go by the numbers game. You're gonna blow some stocks. It's not always gonna go your way, but if you stay after it and stay positive, then you're gonna keep getting up early in the mornings and, uh, and putting those miles in every day. If you get discouraged and negative, you'll try a lot less harder and it may cost you in the long run so between you and your buddy or buddies try to make a blood brother pact that uh you're gonna stay positive throughout the event and it'll it'll be better in the long run so it's kind of dumb to say but it's super helpful anyway i'm sure all the other guys have some really good info for you i'm gonna let them hit hit you guys up and uh thanks for watching this series we really appreciate it if you'd hit that notifications button Um, appreciate the 50% of people who watch our videos for subscribing if the other 50% if you guys could hit that subscribe button we'd really appreciate it we have uh, a lot more videos coming up that focus in on elk and uh, how to get one on the ground this next year and maybe venturing out of your comfort zone and uh, thank you so much for uh, watching our stuff and uh, can't wait to give you a bunch more coming up this this coming season so
3: take it easy This is not my forte by any means, but we'll give it a shot. Uh, For me personally, once we found an area, we've scouted, you know, e-scout, all that stuff. Once we get there, for me personally, it's the anticipation, the excitement of getting to an area we've scouted, hunting hard, looking for, for me personally, um, first thing I like to do is, is... try to find sign whether it's rubs wallows that's my first thing once i get going once i get to an area it's like so wherever we're at wherever we're going it's just for me it's the anticipation of just getting out there and covering ground that's what it is for me and yeah. finding sign the number one thing i'm looking for once i get into an area is rubs that's probably one of my biggest things i'm looking for once i've found rubs i look for The freshest sign I can find, whether it's track, scat. And then at that point, it's always nice to try to find wallows. I mean, that's another good sign too. If you're finding fresh wallows, that means the bulls are in those areas, you know, rutting. Another part for me is covering ground. That is a big thing. It's, if you're not finding the sign right off the get go, just keep covering ground, you know, and I would like to at least give it a day or two. Um, And at that point, if you're not finding the fresh sign that you need, which at that point you should back out. You know, that's a nice point about having a truck that's not too far away. You can get to your vehicle, you can get to another drainage system, <clears throat> whether it's a mile down the road, whether it's 10 miles down the road, you can get to a new area. And for me, it's the same thing over again, get into the area, cover miles, look for the sign, whether it's fresh rubs, wallows, tracks, and locate, locate bugles, trying to get a bull to, a bull to bugle. Another thing I really like to look four, depending on the temperatures and the weather. If it's a real dry year, those north facing slopes are a big, big factor because those elk are going to move to those north facing slopes early in the morning. They're going to bed. They're not going to move again until late in, late, late in the evening. So your, your time frame of hunting them is going to be very, very minimal. So if it's a dry year, we really look hard for those north facing, can't even talk, north facing slopes, with water sources, springs, uh, cricks, anything of that sort, those are some of the main things I look for when I'm in the backcountry hunting.
1: welcome to video number five of the series you you saw an intro with all four of us well this was the other part of it, in the field, boots on the ground stuff, so we're going to talk about scouting today, like if you are uh, how you go about it and then also when you show up on your hunt and uh, telling Wes like yeah this, this, you can come here and do it. he goes, well there's a bull right there so just on our way up we're going to go meet Trent and bringing you guys some fun content so hope you guys are enjoying this series we're having a blast putting it together um, all the comments questions if you guys want to see something further that we've missed in the comment section below right now type in your question hey i want this or that or anything that hopefully mistake that we've made we can show you what we did wrong and and how to go about it uh, improve so
0: Okay, so here we are on the beautiful Oregon coast. This is where we grew up. As you look behind me, this is kind of what you're going to see. This is kind of what you're going to find as far as um, clear cuts, openings, and then as you can see on the outsides of it, super, super thick. So when we say boots on the ground, and I was thinking about this earlier as far as the difference between going out east like wyoming colorado even eastern oregon you're going to see a lot more open terrain you're going to see a lot more spots where you can just see further and you can do a lot more glass and here our glassing consists of usually clear cuts and that's kind of like pre-season scouting we're out here right now we got about a month left till season it's coming down to the wire and we're going to be looking at stuff we, that's why we don't do much scouting is because when we go out we are hunting and that's usually what we're doing as far as not wasting the time and it's not a waste don't get me wrong but it's just something we've never really done so We're looking for clear cuts, we're looking for elk that you can see out in the open, whether it be late in the evening or early in the morning is when you're going to target them because they're going to be out feeding, right? So it doesn't do us a lot of good to just dive down in one of these canyons that you see behind me and dive off of there in the thick weeds and looking for elk in the preseason. That's why we talk about like the cat road shuffle, the playbook, whatever you want to call it. That's what we do when we're hunting. So we're gonna try to vocally find those animals before we can actually see them. Yes, there's been times like Casey's bull uh, where he killed that in the reprod. We spotted that bull from across the way and we knew that bull was in there. So that's when we went in there and then Kyle called it in. So, but other than that, we're not usually, I mean, I would say there's a high percentage, I would say in the 90 percentile range of the elk that we actually get to kill that we're not seeing them first and then saying, okay, we're going to go over there and go get them. We are just going along, doing the cat road shuffle, running the playbook, calling, 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 calling. So it's a little different, I would say. It's just a little bit different between um, out east rather than Oregon coastal Roosevelt stuff, the way we kind of do the boots on the ground technique. Um, Not a lot of traipsing around in the brush before season but once season starts that's when we get pretty, pretty active with it. Our next point, our next talking point. So I'm looking at this ground right here. To you it probably looks like there's just a lot going on, to me it's looking like there's a brand new clear cut. They may or may not be here at daylight. There's some reprod clear cuts behind me, which they could use that for a little bit more in the day. And then there's reprod on the outside of that with giant canyon down below it, right? So what we're looking for, honestly, is when we're going out and and when we're doing just pretty much hunting is... um like a draw to where they're gonna feed somewhere they're gonna bed somewhere that's just what happens and so we're looking for anything like on these roads we're looking for a gated road honestly We're looking for even if it's not a gated road. So this is a paid, this is just a main drag that anybody can drive any time of the year. We're on public land. And so a lot of times we'll park our rigs and bike down this road so that we can bugle off of it. A lot of times just driving a rig down, jumping out and bugling, everybody's heard that guy before, and everybody talks about that guy, right? We don't want to be that guy. So a lot of times we will we will do a little bit different techniques to uh, get a little bit better result, whether it be hiking a little bit more than the next guy to go bugle in a canyon or whatnot. Let's talk about getting married to a spot. Say I saw a 320 inch bull right across this canyon, right? I saw him two years ago, all right? I'm gonna come back every single year. I didn't hear he got killed and I'm going to hunt this spot every single time because I saw that big bull. Don't get married to a spot. Don't get to it where you're in a place where it's like, man, I know they're here, I've seen them here before. And then start going all over in that and you're not seeing sign, you're not seeing rubs, you're not seeing what elk do when they go and and they um, negotiate a place, okay? You're not seeing any sign there. Leave, be mobile, get out of there. Don't stay in a certain area because grandpa hunted this years ago and he used to kill an elk here every single year. Always be mobile always be willing to say you know what what's around that hill because a lot of times if you see a big bull there He could be gone tomorrow. We've chased big bulls A lot of times before in the past. I've one uh, name of Walter comes to comes to mind that bull We never spooked. We were right there where around where he lived We never saw the bull again and we hunted that whole area in there a bunch and we never saw the bull again so Be willing to move, elk move a lot of times. I get a lot of emails and stuff about wallows. People like to sit wallows and stuff like that. A wallow to us is a place where an elk has been. It was there once. And it's not gonna just frequent that wallow. It's not like a regular feeding trough for that. So just be mobile, keep moving and um, keep, keep calling, keep calling and keep moving all the way around. So we'll hit like this ridge so you can see the ridge behind us we'll park our rig at the junction up here and then we'll bike out this ridge bugling off of both sides the whole time bugling 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 all the way out come back go out this next ridge bugle off of this ridge both sides all the way down all the way back and it doesn't have to be at daylight it could be in the middle of the day it could be any time those elk will come off some of these faces and hit some of these of these little benches and they'll bed there and there are certain times that he you know he might bugle he might say something so i mean just keep mobile keep trying different different areas don't get stuck to one area don't don't do the do the whole i've saw one here before technique because elk move just like we move so Keep mobile, keep doing this, and keep looking for little bedding areas and benches that you can probably maybe hear one on. Um, The biggest thing on that is wind, obviously, and trying to negotiate around that, but in the calm of the morning or even in the afternoon, they will bugle, so anyway, be mobile.
1: All right, so Travis was talking earlier about the coastal breakdown and what we see. Well, here's a common uh, view for us, clear cut, reprod, Stand of timber and what we look for you hear us talk about the cat road shuffle is this right here stand of timber bordering a clear-cut onto an old dirt dirt cat road and so this is either where we're gonna park the bikes or ride our bikes or park the truck and this is when we go into the whole process doing the cat road shuffle and we're trying to locate a bull preseason right now we're looking for rubs Just gonna go cruise down this road, see if we can see some sign of what rut is, what the rut activity looks like in here in September and check it out.
0: So this is where your mapping is gonna come in. Very, very useful for you. So dense timber, as you can see, you can't hardly penetrate the outsides of this road. Believe it or not, elk live in this stuff. So this is where you're gonna come down and this is what we're looking for. So Cody, he'll be bugling that day. This is what we're looking for, is like little tiny ridges like there's a little tiny finger ridge right here so getting sound to penetrate into this stuff is not easy so that's why we bugle so often and so much so knowing that there's a little finger ridge right here we'll hike off this go down over there just down just a little ways just so we can get that bugle to to resonate out as far as we can get it so that's the difference between here i guess and east
1: yeah yeah and the biggest thing too is like we we've Hunt a lot of these roads and we've killed a lot of bulls calling them onto the dirt road. They they're You know, they are using this clear-cut during the day during the night They do the rutting they come in bed in the timber earlier Wes was asking like you're looking for benches north face elk live where you're gonna find them I mean, they they're I would say especially on the Oregon coast They're not gonna be specific to a certain side of the hill on the north facing Yeah, they love benches and don't get me wrong, but there's so many nooks and crannies A lot of times you can go down one of these roads and it's grassy and they'll bed right in the middle of the road. So the biggest thing, like we said, boots on the ground when it comes to hunting season is covering as much ground as possible. That, the densities of elk numbers are quite a bit lower here on the coast than some of the stuff that we've hunted in Colorado, Wyoming. We're just gonna cover as much ground. And like he said, bugle both sides, you know, there's a finger ridge here, well, there's a knob up here and we're gonna call every, so in, in the case of season, I'd bugle right here, I'd go down to the corner again, another 100, 100 yards, and bugle again. So bugle off this side, bugle direct that way, and uh, just cover the ground. Just trying to let the
0: sound be your footsteps. How about that? And try to let it resonate as far as possible. That's why we hit the high note bugles, not real super, super low. You don't sound, try to sound small. Let's try to sound as big as you can.
1: As loud. As loud and as big. All right, so we've gone down the road a couple hundred yards. This is pretty common on a lot of these old skid roads. You know, when they come back to re-log it, they'll punch this road back through, but it, it pretty much ends right here, but the ridge runs out. So what we would do during season, we would start, you know, we'd call all the way from the truck or the bikes or wherever we started and work our way down. At this point, we'll continue calling. I'm just gonna do like a quick what we do sequence wise. I wouldn't say that there's a script to locating, Uh, calling very often like we said we bugle 100 200 times a day 300 times a day uh, just depending on how dense things are and how the sound the biggest thing is getting sound to travel and this ground is so broke up i could bugle here a bull could be just over the ridge 100 yards and not hear us so um we call call a lot but a lot of times what we'll do during season this is just kind of if i was hunting and hoping that there's a bull down here make a couple cow calls through a bugle tube that sound carries really well uh kind of picked that one up from Corey and dirk when i'm hunting with them the biggest thing after you make a sound listen um you're listening for we, a lot of times what we've been keyed on is hearing a branch break hearing elk move um, not necessarily that they're always going to bugle back but being quiet so if you if in with a crew of guys We'll break up and have a guy standing over here, 15 yards, a guy here, and a guy up here. And all of a sudden, now your ears kind of cover a different direction. Uh, It's very tough to pinpoint sound and response. So make a couple of cow calls, stand there quiet, 30 seconds, a minute. Birds, lots of bird sounds. Uh, What we go for is that hitting that high note, holding that high note, shutting it off uh, being loud, getting a lot of air through there, but just trying to be, you know, hold that note, cut it off, stand there silent. And basically a lot of times we'll give them two, maybe three bugles and then move on. Uh, sometimes they'll just respond to a bugle with a chuckle. So we'll go through that. again stand there silent try to uh, pick up anything and move on a couple bugles we're here for two minutes max move down 100 yards whatever it is it's all about covering country uh trying to find that one so, all right so just a quick breakdown um on what we do call wise we've got our signature series calls we've got three of them we've got tagged out the black one yellow committed blue the reason basically they're they're all very similar they're all in the same frame it's the amp frame from Phelps. Um, the biggest difference is going to be the latex, latex stretch and thickness. Thickness of latex and the overall stretch. Um, and I would say it depends on your calling style and your palette of how which read's going to work for you. Me personally, blue, the reason is my favorite. It's the tightest stretch and the thickest latex. Uh, it takes a little bit more air. I know Trent runs the yellow committed. Uh, Trevor likes the tagged out, the black tagged out. Same with Steve. Um, And we're working on a new one too, just to kind of add, because it's what we found is different people respond better with those calls uh, on on the variable of that stretch and latex. But just a little breakdown on the sound difference. uh, Here's the reason. Tagged out. Uh, It's kind of the variable there. Uh, You can tell. For me personally, trying to blow them are all different, kind of can produce similar sounds. You can check them out. We sell it. It's called a cat road shuffle pack and it's got uh, our bugle tube. It's got an easy estrus and then those three reeds. Um, One thing that we really haven't talked a lot about of what we use this call for, it's two and uh, another good call to locate with. How we actually use this, it's variable, It depends on the person. Um, I personally run the reed down, and then I'm going to start with my lip pressure right here, slide that call up, and as it goes up that makes the reed longer, it gets into a lower note. Um, a lot of guys will also run this opposite and run with the reed facing up. So this is what that sound, what we're trying to get out of it. So it, it all starts with pressure. If you have it too far to the edge, the reed's really, really short and you're not going to get much sound out of it. If you start too low, you get a duck call out of it. So it's trying to find that sweet spot in the middle of that reed and then as you can change that pitch as you slide it down Um, rubber band kind of helps keep that note consistent but it's definitely not a necessity if you lose this to break the band it's not broken you can also place your thumb on that reed to help change the pitch of that Steve Howard's probably one of the steve and trent both are some of the better on this easy estrus where you get that real long estrus wine sometimes those bulls really react to it so it's definitely another tool to have in the arsenal Uh, so one thing that we do get asked a lot is like what's the lifespan of a diaphragm call Um, how to store them how many should i get for season Um, when i'm going into season i have no less than 10 diaphragms uh the one that i like and so i usually and i have them on me i've got well, for here, instance, got a bag. This, this bag is to keep new calls in. Once you use them, you don't wanna go put them back in a plastic bag. That moisture will b- basically break down the tape. You'll get some, uh, it'll just shorten the lifespan. So uh, storing them, storing them in a dry environment um, where you can get air across it, uh, mesh pouch. Trent uses his uh, sleeve on the First Light shirt just in the zipper sleeve right there but definitely don't go into season with one diaphragm because you're inevitably going to lose it you're going to stretch the reed out lifespan like i said we bugle a lot two to three hundred times a day i think last year Um, I went through and seasoned two different diaphragms three different diaphragms in about a when I was called maybe a 10-day period So every few days for the most part when we're bugling that much You can go through one or and and two as they stretch in they're gonna change a little bit having new calls fresh calls might be the chance of Bulls will tone off on one sound and it may be a high-pitched scream and it may be a low growl so having the ability to have multiple calls and, and throw out different sounds is, is a good thing. This is a fresh rub. Smoking Mate. fresh. A Couple minutes ago. So this is like a, kind of back hunting on that Oregon coast. We're gonna kind of wrap that segment up, but the biggest thing we look for is rubs. So obviously bull was here during the rut, most likely. This
0: is not fresh, by the nah. way. No, no but this was the only one that we could actually find because we're in a really target elk rich environment. Yeah.
1: Alders, alders are really common on rubs. Gets that real red looking horn, really cool looking bulls.
0: And usually a lot of them, a lot of rubs you're going to be finding like on roads. So the elk are working these roads, sniffing for cows and putting their scent, showing dominance, getting fired up. So you'll see them a lot on roads. You'll see rubs sometimes in the bottoms of cricks and stuff like that, but um, we're always looking for fresh, fresh rubs because we know there's a bull around somewhere. And
1: we if we see a fresh rub, bugle right there.
0: We do every single time. Yeah. Right, wrong, or indifferent, we bugle.
1: There's a video actually, put a link in the description right now, Steve's bull that we killed the rub, the the main line. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And oh, we yeah. literally called at a fresh rub, heard a stick break, set up, called it and killed it.
0: Yeah. Like, right. In, there. in the road. Yep. In the road. So. But, but anyway, we are doing a Land of the Freebies right now, guys. We have two videos left in this, or this one, and one more video left in this series. It's going to be about meat care and what we do to protect the, uh, what we're out there for. So anyway, Land of the Freebies. Cody.
1: Yeah, so during uh, till July 15th, if you buy 59 bucks or more on our website, we're giving you a free Land of the Free hat, two free koozies, uh, decal, and autographed
0: photo. which right now guys it's a great time honestly because to get your calls right now everybody is going to be we're in that we're in that month-ish uh mode to where it's almost go time so start getting your calls start practicing with them and uh you grab a batch of calls and a bugle tube or however you work it out you get a bunch of free stuff it's just our way to give back to you guys and thank you guys so much for supporting us and to helping get us through another season and hopefully this season's gonna be awesome it's gonna be awesome
1: all right guys so this next little kind of segue on this video on boots on the ground is for you guys that have never hunted elk and you're maybe driving from wisconsin or minnesota or somewhere back east you're making the trek out west to hunt elk and so i know the intimidation factor is high Uh, for one you're already making the right decision you're going you're not in the fear of failing you're you're just going to go do it uh, what we typically look for, we show up at a brand new spot we've never been before. Um, as we're driving in, we're looking at pressure, where people are, where camps are, into that factors into our game plan. You know, we've got our uh, A through F plans, you know, we, we've got those out- outlined. When we pull up to the spot we desire that we're going to go on a backpack, this is, you know, on a backpack trek in, seeing how many rigs are there. We load up our packs, we start going in cross-country trail whatever that be dead-end road gated road what we're looking for we've talked about it rubs tracks scat sign anything like that that we can see visually what elk are and then next up is going to be looking for that bugle hearing listening for that bugle and we just start covering ground day one goes by we haven't heard a bull bugle start looking at some of those factors the surrounding whether the terrain's different than what you thought the vegetation maybe it's a dry year maybe it's a wet year um, what factors in on elevation where those elk are going to be that time of year uh, dictates on snowpack day one we're into it and we're in this dry uh, we're going to climb the mountain we're going to try to get some elevation get into the, as the snow melts, that green up is later, and so the forage is going to be higher on the mountain. We'll start gaining some elevation, um, up to 10 eleven thousand feet, whatever it needs to be to be closer to where that latest snowpack was. Day two goes by, and we've only heard one bull bugle. We've ran into a couple people. At that point, we may be moving um, and, and being very adjustable, uh, being a, uh, adjusting on the fly if you know, that's the spot that you wanted to go and you think that this is gonna be it and there's no no fresh rubs, there's no sign, no tracks. I mean, elk or big animals, they're gonna leave leave their sign. If there's none of that there, pack up, move to the next spot. And one of the questions I've been seeing on the earlier videos is like, well, how far are you looking? It may be just a five mile down the road. It may be a 50 mile uh, in the same unit or maybe another unit. So. Depending if you show up in an area that's got a ton of pressure in it, you're not seeing any sign, you may look to that backup plan that's a little bit further away. So now we're say, we're in day three of the hunt, you've got a week-long trip, nine-day trip planned. Uh, you're in spot number two, you show up, no one's there. Uh, you're, you're hiking in, you get a bugle, and uh, he shuts up after that first time. Your confidence level starts building, right? Every every encounter, so take that uh, that bugle that you heard, try to figure out, key in on what where he was, what time of day, and put that in the memory bank. Day four, you wake up, uh, that bull's bugling his head off, you go in there, you're above him, and you blow him out because you didn't pay attention to the wind. That uh, is one of those things. Uh, hunting that big mountain country, you have pretty consistent thermals at daylight. That wind's gonna be blowing down, um, you know, between nine and 10 o'clock, you know, eight to 10, 11 o'clock's that thermal switch. And you're gonna start getting the upswing of those thermals as the sun gets on the mountain. Pay attention to all these details. It's, we were talking about this earlier, people overcomplicate elk hunting to the fullest. I think uh, there's some several factors, they rut, they're vocal and you pay attention to the wind. If you cover a lot of ground, get very proficient on a bugle tube, you can get into elk uh, a lot easier than a guy thinks. So you have this encounter, you blow that elk out. It's not time to pack up bags and try to go find another spot. You know there's elk in the area. Don't give up just because you had that uh, you know, close encounter, the bull bust takes off, you're let down either give it some time, let that elk chill back down. A lot of times we've busted them and given them some time and got back in them. Uh, Especially that midday deal, he moves off with the herd and uh, they bed down, you can go in after him. Never quit on a bugle, I guess, and if he's still bugling, keep moving on them and a lot of times in a herd too you'll bust one animal and there's 20 animals in that herd they take off running a lot of times the herd doesn't know that maybe that was a predator or something else they are not necessarily tuned in that the human and it can still be game on so another tip is to not not quit if that bull's still bugling keep chasing him Okay, guys. So a lot of this stuff that uh, we're talking about is is because we've got
0: these questions before, whether it be on YouTube or whether it be an email or whether it be DMs on Instagram or something to that effect. But so another big thing that we get ca- get asked, excuse me, is uh, calling setups. How do you guys do it? And we'll have people like throw in a giant scenario of this is all what happened and what should i have done differently right well there is no perfect answer to any of that but how we do it is we run a shooter with a cameraman and then we have our caller back however far and usually it's not as far as you would think it is a lot of people say it's gotta they gotta be at least 100 yards we've never i don't think hardly ever done a hundred yard game Usually like, especially here on the Oregon coast, we're within 10 to 30 yards. We're very close because it's super close quarters and those animals could easily skirt you. You'll hear us talking about uh, slingshots, the slingshot method, where the caller runs up, calls and everything, and then slingshots the bull back. That all these things, all these terminologies, are just things, honestly, that we've made up. Whether hunting with someone else, or however the however it may be that we we put a name with something that we did. We do the bulls or uh, bull chasing cows. So the caller will run around in a circle like an idiot, breaking everything, and then scream, you know, like it's chasing the Cow around and bugling. We do all these things. Some of them are just because we like to have fun out in the woods. Other ones are because in our mind, maybe that is going to change the game. Whereas probably just a normal bugle would have worked just fine. So being more realistic. So that's what we talk about um, on all of our calling scenarios. It's being realistic. It's it's breaking brush. It's stomping on a root. It's um whatever the whatever it may be. We do a lot of raking, we do a ton of raking, and um it's making elk sounds. Cody mentioned in a different segment how elk are big, they leave sign. Elk are giant animals. They're the biggest ones in the bush. So it's like try and mimic exactly what they're doing when they're doing what you're trying to mimic. So when elk are rutting, when they're bugling and rubbing and doing all this and peeing on themselves and and getting all fired up, they're a loud, loud, loud animal. So sometimes you'll be out there and you'll just hear a stick break and that's what's gonna key you in. Sometimes it's gonna be a bugle. Sometimes whatever it may be, in order to say, okay guys, time to set up. And you'll see that a lot in us. It's like, oh, get set up, get set up. There is no like, okay, you're gonna do this and you're gonna do that. But what we do going into it that helps us a ton, that's really, really been beneficial for us is we have very, very simple signs. So we can always, we always try to stay in vision with the shooter. The caller and shooter always try to at least have a little bit of eye contact just so you guys can relay messages because that shooter's seeing everything that's going on if that bull's in his vision. So he can tell like if you cow call real loud, he, um, he gets more fired up. He, gets to, he, starts to, he starts to pee on himself or whatever it may be. And so he can, he can motion back to that caller and we have this. This is just a cow call. This is bugle. Very, very simple. So you don't have to use much motion. And so the um, elk won't see the shooter as easily if he's doing these these signals. So just having that little bit of communication in between each other helps a bunch. There is times with the shooter he'll just take off and he'll be like, we're just gonna go for broke and see how close we can get because the bull's hanging up and he won't come any further. Just a day, every every scenario, there's no scenario that we can say, you need to do this because this is what works, because it, it may not be what works. It's one of those things where it's just time in the woods, I think, and it's just repetition and learning from your mistakes. And that's exactly what we've done for years is learn from all of our mistakes. And we're still not professionals. We're still, we still don't know how to do it every single time. There is still times that we bugle and the whole herd takes off and runs 10 miles, that happens all the time to us and why we don't know but we like like we said earlier cover ground keep bugling and keep working for that one bugler. Keep working for that one opportunity that teaches you something that maybe if it doesn't work out, you learn something for the next time. So just keep at it, just just stay with it, and I promise you at some point it will happen. And when it does happen, you'll go, wow, that was super, super easy. And uh, it's just amazing how things come together. So keep after it, Keep keep running and gunning, keep running the playbook, and I promise you good things will happen
1: so guys this is uh video number five of the series and and we we had the intro there with all four of us this is when you show up but all the things leading to that there's a couple tools that we've talked about in the past you go to gohunt.com forward slash bro you can get a free membership right now to research state then pick a unit and you kind of further break it down which we talk about in videos two and three it's a great tool out there just want to extend that offer to you guys it's free you can plan your hunt right now it's a 30-day trial so go to gohunt.com forward slash b-r-o get a free trial plan your hunt for this next fall